I feel like I deeply know you after reading your book. <laughs> I just like crushed it in like three nights, four nights. I don't even remember when I started it. It's Thursday, right? I think I started yeah. it on the weekend. And yeah, it was it was lovely. And um, it, it made me so excited to actually um, meet you in this way. <laughs> no. Lovely. I know. I feel like I know you a bit from listening to the podcast. So it's this like weird parasocial <laughs> thing that happens. I know. Oh man, that happened with, uh, with another guest. We like, we, we exclusively only have like an Instagram relationship. But anyway, when we were recording the podcast. We both had this moment of like, are we friends? Can we, <laughs> can we be friends like this? Like we're like online friending, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I think I, I, I'm on TikTok, not as a, as a consumer, not a, yeah. a user. Um, and that's the thing that a lot of the influencers talk about. They're like, are my mutuals? And I'm like, have you ever met each other in real life? Right. But they're all like, no, we're just friends in this way. I'm like, okay, cool. All right. We are here today with Olivia and we are going to debunk some of the ways that people, mothers, humans, fathers, partners, people feel like failures, especially in the early days of parenting little people. And Olivia, can you share with us what you have found to be true in some of your work with clients and all of the wonderful research and work that you do? There are so many different components to this. I, I'm really sitting right now in this idea of um, feeling like a failure, um, particularly when we are newer at parenting or newer to parenting our next child. Before Olivia answers that question, I wanted to highlight the three values that underpin this new culture of impossible parenting. One, the more you, the more you sacrifice, the more you love. Number two, when you invest upfront, you will be rewarded later in life, AKA your kids won't have to go to therapy. Like you go to therapy. Three danger is all around us. Stay vigilant over research, overdo everything. Keeping it natural. No sugar, no gluten, bake everything, store-bought things are wrong, cloth diaper, crunchy, this is that, that pressure that we feel to keep things natural. And prescribed self-care. The idea that when you are burnt out and struggling, all you need is more self-care. Having self-care activities prescribed to parents by others completely misses the point. What's required to tend to each person's needs is a personal and complicated, and it's constantly changing. Yet impossible parenting uses self-care as a weapon against parents, leaving many blaming ourselves if we struggle with our mood, health, or energy when we haven't been engaging in self-care enough or in the ways that we should. And the last is make every moment magical. This includes documenting growth and development and carefully curating ways we preserve memories, how we make memories, how we talk about memories. And the fact that we have this shareable platform to share the happy performances encourages us to silent any negative feelings that we have towards children or parenting. When tragically, this leaves many parents suppressing or pathologizing their negative thoughts towards their children, rather than interpreting them as normal, potentially even necessary part of parenting. 
Now on to Olivia's answer about what do we do when we feel like failures? Um, and I think I want to start by talking about one of the the biggest pieces that I see, which is the collapsing of the work of parenting. So that is the, I need to feed the baby. I need to book the appointment. I need to um, uh, wake up in the middle of the night with the baby from the relationship that we have with our children. Mm. And some of the people who have been thinking about this or talking about this from a while um, notice that often when people are like grandparents or they have older children, they will look back on the time with their kids and say like, oh, it went by so fast. Oh, I have all these precious memories related to it, you know, savor every moment. But then when you look at what it's like to actually be in those moments, they are really hard. And so there's this interesting, interesting discrepancy. And so the thinking is when people are looking back, they're not thinking about how exhausted they were to get up the fifth time that night. They're thinking about the relationship that they developed with their kids. Mm -hmm. And this often feels true for me when I think about our family vacations, which when we're on family vacation, when they were little, why did we do this? Like, oh my God, can we not just go home? Like, please stop talking, stop crying. Um, but then when I look back on the family vacation, I'm like, oh, that was so lovely. Remember we drove for hours together and like had all that time in the car and how different mm -hmm. <laughs> experiences. Yes. Um, and one of the things I like to do when I'm sort of separating this concept for clients, particularly if they're struggling with their mood, um, and so they're just feeling really negative about their parenting role, or they have a lot of barriers that are making the work of parenting really hard because they've just returned to work, or they are a solo parent or have a partner who's actually not that helpful at some of that parenting work is to look at the different um, buckets of parent work that are involved with different ages and stages. There's so much re reproductive, repetitive work with babies. Mm -hmm. um, so you'd like you feed the baby, you put the baby to sleep, you clean up, you're just sort of doing the same thing over and over again. And some people really like that rhythm because they're like, I know what to do. This feels like an easy part of parenting. I feed the baby, I put the baby to sleep. Other people find it boring. Um, uh, they call it, you know, like it's the potato phase where like the kid's not really doing much. Um, other people find it hard, like feed the baby. Huh. Yes. I wish huh. that was so easy. <laughs> Put the baby to sleep. Huh. Huh. That's supposed to, we're, we're supposed to be sleeping, right? As humans, we like, we just know when we need to sleep, right? We don't have to facilitate it. It doesn't, it, doesn't, it just happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That, it makes sense that there would be people who are like, I don't like that work that much, or I don't, I'm not that good at that work, or like we struggle in this way, which is not the same as like, I don't like my baby. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'm one of those people that found mat leave a bit. Uh, I know I did, not a bit. It was hard. It was hard. My mat leaves were also very short because I just um, uh, wasn't into that age and stage that much. Versus some people like love hanging out with toddlers. They're so cute. They're learning so much. It's amazing. Yep. They're testing boundaries and pushing back, but it's just so amazing to watch their learning and growth. Yeah. Um, other people less so like, oh my goodness, this is relentless. The demands are really intense during this particular time because it's a lot of um, teaching 
skills like toileting and um, learning how to eat solid food and a lot of the social skills. We don't hit our friends um, versus school age children, uh, which was my sweet spot. I was like, this is like when I imagine being a parent, right. this is what I imagined where you're funny and interesting and we can play board games and yes. um, uh, like do things as a family. Um, and then that's a really different um age and stage in terms of the work a lot of like organizing work like all those things with school all the things with friends and parents and social skills in a new way versus now I have one adult child and one teenager and that's just a whole other world of like moral development and this is how you break up with somebody effectively and how you make decisions about on your own about career and, and school and we have a narrative for teenagers. They're like, oh, they're so hard. Like, oh, it's such a difficult right. time in life. Like we have a lot of acceptance of like not loving being in the teen years, which is not true. A lot of people love teens. I actually really enjoy the teen years. But as soon as we apply that to younger children and, and infants, suddenly it feels not acceptable to be mm-hmm. like, I don't really like being on that leave. I don't really like um, hanging out with my baby. That has such a different response then it's really hard for me to spend a lot of time with my teenager because they're so sullen or moody. Um, So I really do a lot of work around separating. Like my personal theory is we all have a parenting sweet spot anywhere along that line. And then we all have a parenting um, uh, clunky spot. Like this age and phase of the work is really hard for me. And can you give a, for example, if someone is in one of their clunky spots right now, what is the internal or the external or the community work that needs to be done around this internal narrative of, I don't like my baby or child, teen versus I'm in a clunky spot and it's not an indicator of my ability to attach or bond, it's just clunky. Yeah. I think ideally, if we were to like track together, so like what are the things that are feeling so hard, we'd start to outsource them Mm -hmm. a little bit more, which is not universally possible. But if some of what's making it feel really hard and overwhelming, it's like, I can't feed this kid every hour on the hour, Mm -hmm. like I find it really overwhelming and then the mess overwhelms me. Like what parts of that can be outsourced to other care providers, other Mm -hmm parents that are around um, uh, other ways to sort of like be in that. Um, And for some people that is, oh, I think I want to put this kid in daycare or I'd like to have like bring in more people. I actually need more, more breaks and more time for myself. And so the idea of that we would be doing our best work and really leaning into our best work as, as parents, but the stuff that is really clunky for us, same if we were on any job that we would get additional support around that or try to outsource it. Mm -hmm. If you're like, I'm terrible at Excel, is there somebody else on the team that can do the Excel parts? Um, And then for some people it's like, I actually want this to be a growth edge. So what is it about this type of work? That's really hard for me. Sometimes that's connected to like earlier childhood stuff. I think I want to learn more about how to co-regulate. Mm. Like that's, I find that work really hard. I'd like to learn more about that. Like, okay, but from a really gentle 
entry point, not you need to co-regulate or this is going to be the outcome for your child. And so like, it's all your responsibility. Yes. Good luck. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and please source all of said information yeah. only from social media. Yes. Right. And, Absolutely. and I, I have been there. I have done that. I have found myself in a lot of tailspins of how much content can I consume on this particular topic? Um, when in fact, personally for me, what would have helped more is outsourcing a reputable source, reading or experiencing that from another parent or in a supportive environment and actually practicing it, like spending that time actually practicing the integration as opposed to the tailspin that myself and my clients have found themselves in of only reading about it, only consuming it and adding to that narrative of I suck. I failed. I'm horrible. My kid's going to hate me and they're going to end up in therapy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something so true about that, the way that we passively take in the like bits of information of like what we should be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then what does it mean to start and apply that or, or practice that and how much space we have? I don't think I read any books when I, my kids were little, like there was just no time. Um, or space at all in my day Um, and how much I felt responsible for that like it just it has to be me it can't be anybody Anybody else else. and some of that is conditioned in the way that we look to like different gendered parents for different things and things that often like moms do um, are seen as like you need to do this really well where if like dads or like under other gendered parents do it they're like Oh, what a good boy. You oh, made you're lunch trying today. so hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I call it puppy praise. Like you're getting puppy praise for like what a good boy versus did you send a sugar yeah. snack in this like preschool lunch? Like how dare you? How dare, how dare you? you? Yeah. Um, and I know for me specifically, because I'm not like a super well organized person, that's a struggle for me. That once I started to outsource that to my partner, like not doing all the forms and not um making all the appointments my life got exponentially better yeah um because that's just not an area that i'll probably ever be that good at so what do you do about feeling like a failure well olivia and i are going to assume that you don't let your kids go without eating or hanging out in poopy diapers for very long. So I also imagine that you're pretty strategic about naps and energy levels and food and the way that you um, organize your day so that they can have a nap or they can eat. Parents are generally skilled at not only meeting but anticipating their children's physical, social, environmental, emotional, and mental needs most of the time. And yet so many parents of young children struggle to meet even their most urgent biological needs. Basic things like getting enough water or enough food or like going to the bathroom and pooping when your body tells you that you need to poop, especially if you need to poop alone. And so if you found your way through this podcast, which is a three-part series, by the way, this one is when you feel like a failure. The next one is intrusive thoughts. If you're like me, parenting can often feel impossible. And so Olivia actually wrote a book, which is the book that I talked about at the beginning of the episode, and it's called Impossible Parenting, Creating a New Culture of Mental Health for Parents. And it's available on Amazon, and I've got the link below. 
Olivia has transformed the way that she looks about self-care and reframes it into self-parenting. And self-parenting is composed of four nurturing cornerstones, your rest, your play, your boundaries, and your rituals. And you can find more on these concepts in her book, Impossible Parenting. Thanks so much. And I'm looking forward to sharing with you the episode next, which is all on intrusive thoughts, where I share with you a story of how my intrusive thoughts actually manifested themselves in my postpartum period. So hope to see you back next week.